Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 30 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Doing pretty well. Having a good day. Uh, someone on YouTube did me the favor of smash-cutting all of the munch squads from my brother, my brother, and me into one long playlist. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that's been real fun. <laughs> Uh, the most recent thing that I got really excited about on YouTube where it was someone who just like took one thing and smashed it into like a three hour long thing was a uh, a long loop of the uh, Folgers commercial that Rockapella did. Oh, yeah, that's a great commercial. Uh, and I listened to it for like an hour. <laughs> OK, well, that's maybe a little bit much. Uh, you know, it's I... all good. <laughs> Sure. Don't worry about it. You know what else is great is a fresh cup of Folgers. I can't even get through that sentence. Folgers <laughs> coffee is so bad. It's not good. You, Although, it's honestly, not, it, it's bad. It has been so long since I've had a cup of Folgers coffee that, like, I, I, I believe you that it is bad, but, like, I genuinely have no recollection of what it tastes like. You are... You would be shocked, Matt, at how bad it is. You would what, be genuine. I, I think you would be genuinely astonished. Well, I do like to be astonished, but maybe maybe I can find other ways to astonish. Think about me. it. Okay, think about it this way, Matt. You know how Starbucks isn't actually like an amazing cup of coffee. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So remember a world in which Starbucks came on the scene. And everybody lost their collective minds because nobody had any idea that coffee could taste that good. That's the world where Fol- that Folgers had us in before the advent. I mean, like, obviously there are outliers, but like, oh, sure. that's the world we lived in before the advent of Starbucks. Like, that's, that's how good or bad, I guess, Folgers coffee is, Matt. Yeah, it ain't great. Uh, it's. I, I feel like Folgers sort of had the same uh, cultural standing as like Budweiser, which is like, yes. yeah, this is the one that's everywhere. It's not good, but it's everywhere. But it is everywhere. Yeah, it's very much in that vein. Uh, like Budweiser is the king of beers. and Actually, no, Folgers was not the king of coffee. The king of coffee is a very fun character from the uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast, which, I, which is back and I recommend to all. Um, anyway, Dave. Uh, I I feel like there was an exit ramp somewhere in there where I could have transitioned cleanly, but we missed it a while ago. This week we're watching episode 30 of Car Ranger. Uh, It is called A Shocking Debut, Working Cars. But of course, before we get into that, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yeah, for sure. So uh, this, uh, I guess it's Sunday as we're recording this. So last week, I went out of town on a business trip. Which I, don't, which I don't do too often. I, maybe? I don't know. I'd have never taken a business trip, so I don't know if it's actually fun or not. Well, here's the thing. I think that taking a business trip a lot is bad. Like, if your job is that you have to take, like, two business trips a month or three a month, or, like, 
you know, like our friend of the show, Bill, you know, he used to have a job. Oh, yeah, that used to travel, travel all the time. It was terrible. And it was miserable. But, like, I do work travel, like, twice a year. And so it's just like, oh, I mean, it's not a vacation because I have to do work. But, you know, I'm being Yeah, paid... you're, like, out of the house. Right? Sure, I'm being paid to be there. I get to go to, like, new restaurants that I've never gone to before. Uh, you know, I have some sort of, like, travel expenses. Or, you know, that I can... Like, bill my travel expenses to the office so I can actually, like, you know, like, go out to a city and enjoy it. Uh, and it was really nice. I went to, uh, I've actually been to Cincinnati before, but uh, this is the first time I've ever, like, spent a significant amount of town, time, rather, in uh, downtown Cincinnati. Okay. It was, it was very nice. Never been there. Uh, there are good restaurants and bars. Um, it's also, okay, here's, here's the one thing that I forgot about, though, when I was going down there. And it is this. Um, I have a friend who lives in Cincinnati. Neat. And uh, as I was packing my bags to go down there, I was like, oh, like the, the conference I'm going down for ends on Friday. Maybe I can stay through the weekend. I'll like, you know, to hang out with them. I'll grab another like couple of changes of clothes. I pack it all up. I go down to Cincinnati. I'm like, cool. Then like day two of the conference. So I'm, I'm, I'm down there. It's Thursday. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wonder if I'm going to end up staying through the weekend. Oh, you know what I should probably do is call my friend and tell them that I am in town, like two miles away from them. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, had you done that, would have been a great idea. Because turns out it was not a great weekend for her to hang out. <laughs> um, we were able to like grab a drink or something, but I did like I was just thinking about my my mental flow on that. Like I spent like. Like, Monday, or Tuesday night, rather, I thought ahead far enough to pack extra clothes, but did not for another two days think to get in contact with the person whose house I would be staying at were I to stay in town for a few extra days. Uh, so that's, uh, I, I was sort of blaming that on, uh, like, you know, travel brain, but it was, it was just, it was not my finest moment, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, there is... Yeah, I always assume people are semi-available. Like yesterday, I just ended up on your street. And I'm not going to go into the details, but I just like called you and I just kind of assumed you were free. You could have been in Cincinnati, apparently. Uh, but we, I did not call you ahead of time. I just showed up at your house. Oh yeah, the original plan was I was definitely going to be in Cincinnati. See? Uh, so I mean, you know, everything all worked out. Um, it was very nice to see you. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week is I... Beth ended up... She was going to come back on Thursday evening. She did not. She ended up extending her flight because uh, some stuff. And so she's actually getting back tonight, which she could have gotten back earlier, but she has the kids with her. And this was the soonest time she could get a direct flight with no layovers. Ah, uh, that's important. Which, yeah, if you are traveling with uh, children, that is a great idea. So she's getting back midnight tonight. And I have just gone uh, kind of bonkers with cleaning. It's amazing. We're uh, like, every, it's just clean. It's all clean. Like the kitchen is clean. All of the children's laundry is done. All of it. Amazing. It's incredible. Uh, Are you like taking a bunch of photographs of this so that you can like document it and show it to people later and be like, see, it does happen. It It does happen. Like we are capable of making the, yeah, no, I I actually have one picture. 
I do have one picture. I should take some more. So yeah, everything is clean. And uh, you know what's a stunt is like, I could still be cleaning. Is oh, the, sure. Is like the incredible thing to me. Like you've been uh, doing it for a full week. And like, although you are done, it is not oh, yeah. as clean as it could be. Yeah, it's like, it's just incredible the amount of, and we did, man, I can't tell you how much stuff we've gotten rid of, and there's still stuff that it's just like, you just have it, but it's all clean at least now, and that's huge for me, Uh, and it was just, I was sort of thinking about it, like, what a weird space it is to be at a stage in your life where you're just stoked about having time to do chores, Oh, yeah, dude, listen, it is, uh, as we record this, it is September 29th, and I had the thought, I'm going to call it last Tuesday, where I was like, man, I really think that soon I'm going to have a free weekend and I can finally get to spring cleaning. Yes. September 29th, Dave. <laughs> uh, anyways, man, I'm just, uh, it's very nice, although, man, I am, I am really excited for everybody to get back. They've been gone for a full week now. And that is, it's just too long. It's weird for me. Uh, Anyways, I'm just very excited for everybody to get back into town. What, Matt, is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is that you gave me some very troubling news. I did, yeah. I'm sorry about this. this. Uh, Would you like to share with the good people uh, what you have, the knowledge that you have burdened me with? Well, this is probably not news to like anybody but us. But I was thinking about Skyrim. Like, remember the special edition of Skyrim that came out two full years ago and that they still want $40 for? Yeah. Um, The big push of it is that you could get mods for the Xbox, uh, which is what I have. And so I was like, ah, you know, like, I kind of want to get this. I did really like Skyrim. But like... The mods for Fallout 4 that you could get on on the Xbox, they didn't add, like, a lot of stuff. Like, they added some fun functionality to the game, but it wasn't, like, uh, new new game content, really. Right, right. It was, like, it was the same game with different or fixed stuff. It yeah. wasn't, like... You didn't go to a whole new continent or anything. Yeah, this apparently is not the case. For the, I checked. These are not. This is not the case for the mods you can get for Skyrim. People have created like entire new cities with like fully fleshed out and like professionally voice acted dialogue. Wow! Like, see this. This is the this is the terrible knowledge that I now possess. Yeah, because like I, you could. If I had time to play video games, I would definitely spend $40 to get... And I already owned all of the stuff. This is the thing that bugs me about this, is that I know if you had the... Uh, if you had Skyrim for Steam, you could just get, like, the legendary re-edition or whatever for free. I also had all of the extra stuff, and it just seems like a jerk move. Like, you could check... You can check and see if I have it on my Xbox computer gremlin and just give me the thing. Like, I bought it already. This is... I was just annoyed by it. But there is, like, a ton. This is the thing. I I have... I think I have the Xbox One, like, game disc for Skyrim. But Mm. I never bought any of the uh, DLC for it. Uh, Or or rather, I never bought any of the big DLC. I bought the DLC where you could, like, build a house. Mm, Whatever that one was called. Uh, Homestead, I think, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. But so, like, not only have I not spent money on Skyrim in a while, I have not thought about Skyrim in a while. Dave, Skyrim is a eight-year-old game. Yeah, at this it's eight point, years old I think. at this point. And yes. I have 
I although I've never actually beaten it, I have put hundreds of hours into it over the you know most of a decade since it came out. Yeah, and I really thought I was just done with Skyrim forever because I was like, well, I've done all the stuff, and like I never bought the DLC, but I remember I was like cat sitting for you one weekend after you had bought all the DLC, so I played through all like the vampire stuff. Oh, okay. And so, I was like, you know, I've I've done it. I've done everything there is to do in Skyrim. Like, I am finally, I am free from the idea that I could ever do that again. And I've even got another current Bethesda game. Like, I'm, you know, I'm still playing Fallout 76. It had never occurred to me that I would get back into Skyrim. But now I just have, like, this creeping dread that sometime in, like, mid-January, I'm just going to be home one day and like get into a mood where i think you know what today's the day and then that's my next six months oh see okay matt i have bad news for you the fact that you've gotten as far as sometime in mid-january this might happen you're done yeah you've already i know you've already lost this fight like I didn't know that you were going to get this until 30 seconds ago, but now I know for a fact that you are definitely going to get it maybe sooner than mid-January. Well, the thing is that now that we've had this conversation and I have come to grips with the fact that I am at some point going to get it, there's no reason for me to not, like, Now you do it get it this afternoon, right? Yeah, you're good, man. Let me know how it is. <laughs> maybe I'll check back in next week. Uh, anyways, Matt, what is our fourth star of the week? Uh, Dave, fourth star of the week is that last night, uh, after you went home, um, I, we had been talking about it in the afternoon, but we hadn't actually stopped to check. I checked to see if the, uh, the TV show of What We Do in the Shadows was streaming anywhere. Yeah. And Dave, it is streaming on Hulu. (gasps) Oh, that's very exciting. And Dave, it is extremely good. Well, I'm going to have some time before the kids go. I have to get uh, everybody from the airport tonight, so I might tag in on that. That sounds great. It's really interesting because, like, you, I mean, you've seen the What We Do in the Shadows movie, right? I did, yeah. I watched it, like, earlier this year, actually. Um, it is in the same world, but not with the same characters. Oh, okay. Got it. So, yes, like, yes, instead yes. of being in, like, New Zealand, or uh, it is instead in, uh, it's on Staten Island. All right, and so it's like a but it's a new crop of vampires, probably you know like the same general premise. They're all like living in a house together, uh, in in a like documentary film crew setting. There is a new a character in the show who is not a traditional vampire, but he is instead an energy vampire, where he just like irritates and bores people to the point of like them just like emotionally cracking or passing out and he absorbs that energy from them. Mm, that sounds um, very good. And so the other vampires are like Laszlo and Nandor and this guy's name is Craig Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like works in an office. But he also lives in like the weird like like rundown spooky vampire house. It is extremely good. It comes highly recommended. I am like... I, I watched, like, eight of the ten episodes that were available last night. I mean, they're, like, 20-minute episodes, but still. Uh, I don't have a lot of great jokes. The jokes are in the show, so go watch go watch that show. That's, this is, that's this is more are. sort of a, uh, this is like a comedy roadmap. We're, right. like, we're not giving you the comedy, but we're telling you, this. think of us as, like, pirate. Pirates with, like, a treasure map. 
and you now have the map and can go find the comedy on your own. It's yes. sort of it's very comedy efficient on our end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be our new thing. No more <laughs> jokes, only only directions. <laughs> anyway, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt. I know I sort of just talked about this, but I have I've sort of put the idea of a pulp fiction genre, not the movie game on the back burner because there are games that do that I think very well uh, you know like adventure Uh, but I did have a new idea I was talking to my wife who really likes Harry Potter and I was like you know it's a very popular series it's a popular series we've discussed this in the past and uh, I was like that would be like that vibe of world like Harry Potter slash the magicians slash like uh, Wizard of Earth Sea, like magical school, like you're a student and you go to a school and like you learn magic in this like setting. Uh-huh. That would be a really fun game. And so I have been kicking around ideas for that. Uh, I have gone as far as as kind of getting some notes down. So okay, um, okay. So at this point right now, it is mostly a a magical school generator. Okay. That's honestly, that sounds like most of the game to me. Uh, there, there's more to it than that, but like, that's sort of like the bones of it. Right. So like so, what, what sort of things are we talking about here? Right. So, okay. So like, obviously you're not going to go to Hogwarts. Sure. I mean, gonna, I guess you could, you're, you're going to go to dog warts, dog blorts, school of, mysticism and mad, you know like whatever right and here's so what's like, up okay. folks if you think that Dogwarts sounds dumb you're right but it doesn't sound dumber than Hogwarts <laughs> um, so it's like okay you've got to have some locations so you just you roll a d8 and your school can be in the mountains in a forest in a swamp uh, on an ocean cliff or like an island Deep underground, it can be mobile, so you can be like a giant skyship or something uh, in the desert, or it can be floating like in the sky. Okay, so once you got that, you are okay. Then what is just... uh, what is what does a three get you? So a three would get you a swamp. Okay, so your your school is is deep deep in a swamp, Matt. All right, and then you would roll a d six to figure out what are like the divisions. Like, how are your students broken up? Okay, so for example, if I were to have rolled a th- another three on that d6... Ah, uh, that would be the seasons. Okay. So you would have the, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know what the... Maybe the seasons in a swamp might be a little bit different, right? It might not be like spring, summer, winter, fall. It might be like... I don't know. Let's just... Okay, let's say it's like spring, summer, winter, fall, just to be easy. Sure. And, uh, oh, and then you need to figure out what your... The divisions of your houses are called so uh that would just that's a d4 okay so that's uh two okay that's an accord so your student might belong to the accord of spring okay okay all right and uh then give me another d4 to tell me what implement your students at your school use uh that's another two dave Oh, uh, you guys use staves Ooh, to do your magic. Dave, I, you know I love staves. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, 
So your your character, let's say, is part of the Accord of Spring, mm-hmm. right? Let's just pick that one. I mean, I can roll and... another D4. Sure, yeah. Go ahead and roll another D4. So spring, summer, winter, fall. Uh, summer. Or sp- summer. Okay. So summer. And then, Matt, give me a uh, give me 2D20. All right. Actually, and... give me 3 3D20, but I need the individual scores. Okay. That's going to be 19, 8, and 15. Okay, Matt. So the virtues that your, your the Accord of Summer like espouses mm-hmm. are um what was it nineteen eight and fifteen? You got it. Uh beauty, loyalty, and cunning. Ooh. Yeah. So the sort of vibe right here is that you uh there's like a whole list of, of virtues and your house kind of like uh, you know, emphasizes some over others, but the struggle of the game is, so you guys are good at, what did I say? Uh, beauty, beauty, cunning, and loyalty. loyalty. Yeah. But the downside of that is that you also have a tendency toward uh, vanity, deviousness, and like, like unthinking loyalty. Like you're too, I'm okay. still working out the name for this one. All I have written down is ride or die, which isn't, <laughs> Okay. Quite in the pastiche I'm looking for. So, uh, you know, so like the vibe of the game is that you are, uh, you know, you're trying to like emphasize your positive virtues and like overcome the sort of negative expression of that. Uh, and then there's like magical skills and, and magic and all sorts of stuff. So I, I feel good about it. It seems pretty yeah. fun so far. That seems very fun. Yeah, so that's really all I've got. Uh, I mean, further listen, updates it, as events warrant, I guess? Yeah, if nothing else, I just like rolling on tables to generate things. Oh, dude. I Any game that has a random character generator, if there's a random character generator in a game, I will guaranteed use it instead of making up my own character. Yeah. No question. I love it. Anyway, Dave, you know what else I love? Is episode 30 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Uh, as I may or may not have mentioned before, it is called A Shocking Debut, Working Cars. It was written by Yoshio Urasawa. It originally aired on September 20th, 1996, and you can watch along with us either on the DVD box set or on ShoutFactory.tv. And we will be right back to talk about it. Okay, welcome back. So, this episode begins with a flashback to despair. Yeah, it's a great, great way to start off a children's television show. Sure, sure. So, yeah, uh, if you don't recall from last week, uh, RV Robo is gone. He's been captured by the newly empowered Instructor Richie Hiker. And his I'm sorry, Dave. Robot. Instructor Richie, Richie Hiker. Oh, did he change his name? Yeah, he added an extra Richie in there. I missed that. Okay, so I'm going to have to change my abbreviation for him. So, Instructor Richie, Richie Hiker... Can I? Can we just call him Richie Hiker? That's a lot to say. Instructor Richie Richie Hiker every time is. I mean, I, I mean, listen. Much. You you can do what you want, but I'm going to respect the man's name. <laughs> um, anyways, he and his new uh, Mechagodzilla robot breaking have uh, broken RV Sword and captured RV Robo, and the Rangers are just sitting around, um, looking back in anger. Well, Dave, they should not do that. Wow, man, it's too late. They already are. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> maybe they haven't maybe they hadn't heard the song. Uh uh let's see. That song came out in 
came out in 1995. And this well, this was this was September 20th, 1996. They would have had the <sighs> they opportunity. They should have see. They should have known better. Oasis well. told them. Anyways, uh, yeah, that is precisely what they're doing. They're looking back in anger, and they're just super bummed out that about just about everything right. about all of this bad bad stuff that has happened. As they are doing this, uh, Ichitaru and uh, his friend Emmy, who you will, who may recall as being the small child from the episodes where they went to the Rindu Lake Family Fun Farm. Yeah, I did not, but they were very helpful and reminded me that this is Emmy from Rindu Lake. So they roll in and they seem to want to be part of a different episode because they're like, hey guys, my friend Emmy is visiting from out of town and she is here because she wants to buy a Japanese dictionary at this international book fair on the 50th floor of this building. Isn't that just swell, gang? I love everything about this setup because it is so insane. Like, the idea that, A, this child could not acquire a Japanese dictionary where she was. B, she has traveled all the way to Tokyo to purchase it. C, that they are not just going to a bookstore but are in fact going to an international instructional book fair, D, that is located on the 50th story of a building. Mm-hmm. And C, E, they're going completely unaccompanied. Like, they're just going to go. Well, she needs to get that dictionary, Dave. I No, listen, I'm not complaining. I love everything about this. So they like walk around and try to get the attention of all of the car rangers, but they are just all of them are just like staring into the middle distance glumly. Uh, and eventually Ichitaru is like, okay, we are leaving now. Goodbye, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, they're like frozen in time. There's, there's no reference. So uh, we go from there to bar. Oh, we get the title card. And again, it's a shocking debut, working cars. This title will make sense, make more sense later. So we go from there up to Barbarian, and they've got RV Robo. And, uh, you know, Zalmoda is down with Instructor Richie Richie Hiker. And they're like, I can't tell if they are trying to destroy RV Robo, if they are sort of like examining it to learn its secrets. I think that they're studying it because when. They go up into, like, the cockpit. In, uh, Inventor Grotch is up there with a team of science wumpers, which are just the regular wumpers who are wearing, like, lab coats and are poking at things. But, but they, they, are, it, they are making the wumper noise. Yeah, but it definitely seems as though they are trying to study it and not tear it apart. Yeah, they say something about blowing it up. It's not super clear, again, like, what the plan is. But, yeah, they, they seem to be studying it. I only hope that this means that we will eventually get an evil giant robot. Um, big thumbs up there if that ends up happening. So, so we uh, go from there. Yeah, uh, Inspector Richie Richie Hiker rolls into the BB Saloon. And as he's opening the door, he's like, oh man, it's so great. Because now, under my leadership, the Bozo could become a studious gang. And they will, like, their, their newfound, like, hard work and intelligence will really, you know, help us get the edge over people. And he walks in to discover that everyone in the bar is reading manga instead of their school books. Did you catch... Yeah, real quickly. Did you catch the manga? Because you, you see one of them. Do you see what he was reading? It looked like a manga about Zanette. 
it is it is not just about Zanat. I actually went back and paused it. It's just a car ranger. Like Zelmoda's in there, Inspector Grotch is in there. <laughs> uh it is a car ranger manga. Nice. So, and then he gets real, real mad, and he uses some corporal punishment to encourage studying. He just, like, electrocutes a dude. He might die? I'm not sure. Oh, he does. He zaps this Wumper, and the Wumper, like, is electrified, and then catches on fire, and then, like, is reduced to ash. Okay, yes. So, definitely. And then everybody... So, that guy never gets back to studying, but everybody else really starts scrambling towards their books. You know, Matt, uh, at the risk of saying something that might get me in professional trouble, like, I get it. Sure, it's maybe not the the most responsible uh, teaching methods, but they do seem effective. Li- you know, Matt. Listen, some days you just uh, you're just trying to get through the material. Anyways, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was real bleak. Sorry. Uh, anyways, so we go from there to the International Study Book Fair. Uh, the children are there. It's as you said up on the fiftieth story of this very weird looking building. And it's the boringest con I've ever seen. Like, the Scholastic Book Fair is more exciting than this book fair. Yeah, and it it does give me, like... It, it looks like a really watered-down Scholastic Book Fair because it's just, like, a room with temporary bookshelves with books on them that people are, like, aimlessly wandering around. But everything is, like, gray. Yeah, it... It just looks like a very bad store. It looks like the worst store. Um, but it's a great view because, as we said, it's up on the 50th story of this, like, office building. This very weirdly shaped office building. But we will get to that later. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we go from there and we see Gynamo and Zonnet. And they're sort of wandering around. And they, they're like, well, we need a job, I guess. And they see this uh, pachinko parlor. And it says... Help wanted, live in couples, like, okay? So maybe there's, like, an apartment above the pachinko parlor, and if you want to, like, run it slash live there, the proprietor is is cool with that. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Yeah, so kind of was like, this is great. Like, we could have a place to live, and we could, like, get a job. And then it's like, well, I don't want anyone thinking that we're a couple, which, first of all, Zenit, cold. Like, I get it. It is cold, but on the other hand, like, they are not a couple, despite are, what Gynamo says. Right, like, listen, let's make sure that Gynamo isn't getting ideas here. And he says, well, maybe we could just say we're, like, father and daughter or something. And Zenit's like, uh, let's say we're grandfather and granddaughter. That makes a lot more sense to me. And they're, and, like, dithering about this. Right, and as they are squabbling... Uh, VRV master, like, walks out the door of the pachinko parlor and has this big bag full of, like, prizes that he has won. He's like, yes, my mission is accomplished. And just walks down the street. And what I think is wild about this is that no one notices, like, Zanet is a human-looking person in a weird outfit, but Gynamo and VRV master are very definitely, like, Space weirdos, right? Yeah, well, I don't know that it's not that, like, nobody notices. Because, like, you would have to, right? Like, how could you not? But, like, nobody reacts is the thing. Right, nobody seems to care. Which is, you know, I guess maybe that's progressive. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's 
it is a weird thing that this show has done consistently, and I really love that it's just a weird quirk of Car Ranger that, like, no one seems to notice that the space weirdos are weird. I also dig the idea that Instructor Richie Hiker is very good at pachinko. Uh, you mean VRV Master? Or, yeah, sorry, uh, VRV Master is really good at pachinko. And I also have zero read on this dude so far. Like... He had a mysterious entrance last episode. He, like, announces himself, and this is the second time we've seen him, and he's walking out of a pachinko parlor. That's all we know about this dude. Well, Dave, he, he, there are one of three options here that he could be, right? He could be a right. friend. He could, could be a foe. Or he could be a lone wolf of the universe. Yeah, uh, and I guess any one of those three could like pachinko. Uh, we go back from there to the base, and Dapu is asleep. And Kosuke is there, kind of like at his bedside, I guess. And uh, Kosuke still is not, it seems, really up for the challenge of, of like leading the Car Rangers. Right. He has proven himself capable of being like the field leader. But now that there isn't like Dapu around to be the person who gives them some direction... He really doesn't know what to do with himself. So he's just talking to Dapu. And of course, Dapu is hibernating, so he's not responding. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't um, know what really he was expecting to happen there. Ah, you know, maybe he was hoping for like a, like a whispered dream word. You know what I mean? Like Dapu's mostly still asleep, but he just kind of gets out like a, Kyosuke, uh, so, uh, are the best. You know, sort of like encouraging in version of that. Because what Kyosuke is talking to him about he's like i don't know what we're going to do because they can become like everybody on the planet barabarian can become a giant rampaging monster by eating emo yokan right and all we have is rv robo so like we don't even have that anymore yeah like i'm not sure how we're gonna deal with this we need help but he doesn't get that help uh because Oh, sorry, we did forget to mention this. After Instructor Richie Richie Hiker, like, kills a man for not studying, he says, like, I gotta go get some more books for you all to study. So he heads down to the International Study Book Fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to go get some harder books for them. Yeah, well, this is a key element because he's about to show up. Uh, The Bozoke alert goes off. Instructor Richie Richie Hiker has just ridden breaking down because he also uses it as just transport, I guess. Right, like, he's not actually here to attack. He's here for books, but he came down in his giant Mechagodzilla, and so everyone's like, oh, well, obviously we have to go fight this dude. Yeah, and I mean, also, listen, I don't blame Instructor Richie Richie Hiker for that. Like, if my option were cars or Mechagodzilla... Oh, 100%. Yeah. So he rolls down... And the so the alarm goes off, and they all run out. And when I say they, I mean the car rangers. All run out to go, like, deal with the situation, right? So they get to the spot across town. They see where the commotion is. They all pull out their Excel changers, and they're like, okay, now it's time. And Natsumi says, hey, hang on just a second, though, first. Real quick, before we do this, what's our actual plan here? Because we're going to turn into the Car Rangers, and then Breaking is going to step on us, and we're going to have to run away or die. So what's yeah, the like, real plan? Uh, and Kyosuke's like, listen, like, I get it, and you are right, but 
we need to do this anyways. Right. Like, even if we're going to lose, this is still the right thing to do. And, like, isn't that true heroism? And isn't that true justice to, like, you know, to go in even if you know you're going to lose? And then they all say, like, yes, like, definitely we like yes we will we will all go do this and then they you know they all hench in and, well, and, and run in they very nearly do dave oh yeah that's right but first they're interrupted by a man who might be a friend might be a foe or may be a lone wolf in the universe dave it's vrv master they're back uh vrv master rolls in it's like hey uh what's going on guys i know that you're Pretty stoked to go do this, but why don't you follow me first and we'll deal with some Car Ranger stuff. And they're like, wait a second. How could you possibly know that we are the Car Rangers? And on one hand, I thought, well, you were just talking about it very loudly and you're wearing your Excel changers. But on the other hand, we did have the whole first half of this season where Signalman never picked up on it. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) in your experience, no one notices. And all VRV Master says, let's just say God told me. Which is... Which does not give us, like, any... It's great because it is equally bizarre and gives us zero read on who VRV Master is. I am harboring a secret hope that VRV Master is the president of Pegasus Motors. I know already (laughs) that this is not true, but I really would love it to be true. Um... And so he just says... The Rangers are obviously suspicious of this, oh, but yeah. they do follow him at kind of like a uh, gentle stroll, I would say. Uh, there is no, despite the fact that Breaking is in the city, currently like low-key rampaging on his way to the International Book Fair, nobody in this scene is acting with any sense of urgency. Right. VRV Master says, listen, I got some big robots. Why don't you just use mine? <laughs> like, like yours, yeah, you guys yours can come on down. Uh, they're like, wait a second, you you also have giant robots? It's like, yeah, I have the VRV, like, uh, what, did he, what did he call them? The VRV? He calls them the VRV machines, but then he also says that VRV stands for Victory Ranger Vehicles. Yeah. So they're the Victory Ranger Vehicle Machines, which seems a, a lot, but whatever. And then he is so VRV sort of... Master, so does that mean that he is the master of the, Victor, the Victory Ranger Vehicles? Well, that, that makes that sense. Kind of I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. So they just kind of like take a chill stroll into the Tokyo Dome. They and just... Kyosuke's like, why are we in the Tokyo Dome? And then they walk through a door and there's a secret base there. Right. And, and, and what VRV Master says is like, oh yeah, the Tokyo Dome is like the biggest garage in Tokyo. So I used that to make my secret base. Like, sort of in the same way that Dapu made a secret base in the back of Pegasus Motors, but, like, that base, I guess, is smaller because Pegasus Motors is smaller. So VRV Master is, like, using car magic on a grander scale than Dapu did. Does that... That, Dude, that is sort of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, this whole scene happens, like, real quickly and none of it makes sense. So just, like, follow along. And it also doesn't make sense to the car rangers. That's important to right. know. Like, they're completely baffled. Okay, this part they're baffled. They're about to not be baffled. Because what they then say is he says, I've got all new vehicles for you. So like red, you get V fire and it's a fire truck. And uh, blue. And Kyosuke says, why is it a fire truck? Right. Yeah, he doesn't get that. 
But he's like, it's a fire truck. That's weird. Uh, then there's a blue gets a police car, and green gets a dump truck, and yellow gets a bulldozer, and Y, uh, pink, sorry, gets a rescue vehicle. So this is where the title it's of like it comes ambulance. in. Yeah, I assumed that they meant like working vehicles, like functioning. And what they actually mean is working like. These are they're all like, like working. Yeah. Yeah, they're not like race cars or something. Yeah, and, I, and what's. All of, as I said, like, Kyosuke was surprised that it was a fire truck. And as they continued to be unveiled, all of the rangers are like, why would I have a bulldozer? Like, what like, is going is on very here? Strange. Like, what's going on? And they're like, ah, this is weird. And then Hugo says, hey, wait a minute. I just remembered something Dapu said. And we go back and we, she has like a flashback and she sees Dapu and Dapu just says like, be careful of friendly aliens. They might be Bozok in disguise. And she's like, hey, everybody, we need to be careful of this seemingly friendly alien. And everyone's like, yeah, good point. Like, we will follow the words of Dapu, a child from space. <laughs> and so VRV Master says, okay, you're following the words of Dapu no matter what. I understand. Like, I get it. Like, I respect your decision. Though it saddens me. And then as, right. as they were walking out, because they're all going to go, I guess, like, henchin and try to go punch-breaking in the big toe. Like, as they're about to walk out, VRV Master says, Hey, actually, hang on a sec. Before you go, I just... I won all of these gumdrops at the Pachinko Parlor. And, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not going to eat them all. Why don't you take them with you? And then they look at the gumdrops... And they have another flashback to another very specific Dapu memory. Where Dapu, and Yuko says... Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, wait, we see Dapu. And he says, any alien that tries to give you this brand of gumdrop... Like this specific can, brand. You can trust those ones. Because these particular gumdrops have a smell that is reminiscent of Planet Hazard, which is his home planet. So he's like, so they're probably cool. Well, so like the Bozok don't like them, I think is what he says. Oh, so like is that you what can trust Yeah. So you can trust them. What I this is so it, it's just madness. This scene none of this had to exist. Because like they set up something where Dapu was the one who told them not to trust it, and then immediately just had Dapu loop around. Like, none of this had to happen. See, I love this, because I feel like this is one of those moments where I am reminded that they are, like, this show is having fun on purpose. Oh, okay, yes, no, that is a very good point. Yeah, thank you. Like, they introduce, like, a very specific memory, and then undercut it a second later with an even more specific memory. That's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're like, okay, fine, we will take your cool robots. Neat. So they take the robots, and uh, breaking is sort of like uh, rampaging, and then they see in like a monitor, I think, like breaking, like running around the city, and then Kyosuke somehow sees through the monitor toward to the building into the window and sees Ichitaru and Emi somehow in the top floor of, of this building. And he's like, we gotta go. So they do a henshin. It's a good henshin. It is a good and, henshin. Yeah. And then VRV kind of sends them out. Or no, he doesn't send them out. He rolls he out of the Tokyo Dome. He hauls them out in his carrier, in the carrier's ord. Basically, Brachio, Brachiodon, whatever that guy is called. 
Um, oh gosh, uh, Brit Brachia King, something like that. Great it's King the Carrier's Bra Great Lord. King Brachiodon, I think, is what he was. That's called. it, Great King Brachiodon, or yeah. So it's all the it's a carrier's sword. He's got a carrier's sword. Yeah. It's called Vic Trailer, and it's and it's a big trailer, and it hauls a couple of like car like, uh, like shipping containers behind it, and in those shipping containers are the new VRV machines. Yeah. So he says, when you when you win this fight, afterwards I will treat you to some bittersweet treats. <laughs> and Kiyosuke is just like, I have no idea what that means, but okay, let's roll. Uh, I really like it. Kiyosuke is just like, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about, but all right. Uh, so they launch. We do see real briefly that Vic Trailer has like a sort of standing robot mode. It's like a quick shot. Yeah. But there is a there is a version of Vic Trailer where he's just Vic Trailer. Powerful robot like fighter. Victor Trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as, as the VRV robos, or the VRV machines rather, roll out... VRV Master just like puts his feet up on the dashboard of Vic Trailer and is like, "All right, let's let's see these guys that I've heard so much about." So they roll in. Uh, it, this by this time, Inspector Richie Richie Hiker, I'm sorry, Instructor Richie Richie Hiker, has zapped the building with some eye lasers. But it seems like he did it by accident, like he hit the wrong button. Because he, again, he's not really here to attack. He's just not concerned about the collateral damage of him coming down to grab these books. But he didn't actually mean to shoot the building, but now everyone is, like, you know, moving with some more urgency. Right, like, oh no, we've got to save all these children, basically. Yeah, oh, there is a brief spot where Ichitaru goes from, like, real great to not great very, very quickly. Because what happens is, is, like, the... Instructor Richard Hiker is like trying to grab this building so he can just take the whole thing back to Barbarian. And Emmy is like, she sort of like leans over and hugs Ichitaru because she's just like freaking out. She doesn't know what to do. Ichitaru is like, oh, getting hugged by a girl. This is the coolest thing ever. And he sort of turns to her and says like, no matter what, I will protect you. I don't know what his plan is to do that, but he says it. And then he kind of tries to, he leans in for a kiss. So he goes from, like, real great to very bad. Because he leans in for a kiss, and he's like, no. Right, like, what are you but doing? he's, like, still going, yeah, right like, now. what are you doing? This is not appropriate. We're trying to survive. Ichitaru is like, but I could get a kiss in the moment. So he's still going for it. So not a great look on uh, Ichitaru. That's not cool. Yeah. So uh, then we get the VRV... V I want to say the VRV vehicles, but that's the VRV machines. Yeah. We get the VRV machines. It's a lot of letters. In, and a lot of them repeat. Just a lot. But we get them in action. Yeah, they So here's up. what we get the, first. The building is on fire. So, of course, Fire Fire Engine Red rolls up and has like these huge water cannons on the back. So he like shoots it, I think, at the building a little bit to put out the fire, but then more is shooting them at breaking. And it's like for like pushing him away from the building. Which Breaking is not expecting because he does not think that they have any more big cars. Yeah, so uh, he does that and then we see the police car, blue police car, sort of like launches up a ramp. Yeah, you know and... how there are just giant ramps around. Yeah, so it just launches up a ramp and sort of like hurls himself at Breaking. 
And it, it gets him, like, right in the face. And then Breaking kind of, like, grabs him and throws him back towards the building. And do you remember earlier when we said that the building has a very odd shape? Yeah. One of... Th- it's, uh... Yeah. It's kind of ramp-shaped. Yeah, as it happens. As it happens. And, uh, it's a great move. Actually, the police car sort of, like, flips around and manages to, like, land itself vertically facing down on the building and just sort of drives down it like a ramp. It's great. It's extremely good. So then, uh... Green, green dump truck sort of drives by and drops out like a bunch of marbles, like giant marbles uh, and breaking sort of slips around. But breaking has knocked off the top of the building at this point. Yes, because at this point he was just planning on taking the whole building with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's falling toward the street and certain death. And then... Uh, yellow bulldozer. Bulldozer really, it doesn't look like a bulldozer. It mostly looks like a like a drag car, like a drag racing car. Uh, but then the like back of it sort of swings up and over and there is a bucket there, kind of. It's, yeah, it's real weird. It's, like, it, it's kind of like the, as you say, a giant like drag racing car where the spoiler flips forward and becomes the bucket of a bulldozer. So the top of the building is hurtling towards the ground and then Yellow Racer gets underneath it and like catches it with her bucket, which is like, you know, I don't know, 30 feet above the ground. Uh, But it doesn't move at all. So he basically has just created a new ground 30 feet above the regular ground and everyone in that building still would definitely be dead. Right. Although, thankfully... They are not dead. Yeah, no, no, no. They're fine. We They're cut fine. back Everybody's into the totally building, cool. and Ichitaro looks at Emmy and says, Oh my gosh, we've survived. What a miracle. And he goes in for another kiss. Victory kiss. Ichitaro, my young dude, you have lessons to learn. Yeah, uh, so Emmy still is not okay with this, and we just sort of cut away from that. And then uh, Ambulance has a... So the ambulance has like a syringe rocket? The ambulance does it, have a syringe rocket. It has a syringe rocket, so, okay. and she shoots it, it, that. At this point, I, I feel like there's been one or two things to sort of like oh, yeah, please. here. Um, Natsumi has used the bulldozer to take that top part of the building and put it onto the back of the dump truck, and the dump truck is driving away with it. Then Bray King is trying to push over what remains of that building on top of Natsumi in the dump truck, but Natsumi in the dump truck, like, it's a very powerful vehicle, so they're just, like, pushing this building back and forth, and they're kind of at a stalemate. As they are doing this, Yoko, like, zooms in behind with her syringe rocket. Yeah, so she shoots him with the syringe rocket, and this, uh, paralyzes him, like, with anesthetic... In his yes. robot, in his giant mecha Godzilla robot body, it does, well, yeah, because the, the the syringe does go directly into Break King's butt, and we see like Break King's robot eyes bulge out. Yeah, I uh, and then Red uses a fire hose to like roll, like push a giant ball full of gasoline or something. Or fuel at him, and then it's sort of like underneath breaking, and then it explodes and launches breaking uh, up into, space. into orbit, into space again. It's very good. 
but everyone around it is also is fine. Well, because Bree King's like legs and tail, I think, sort of contained the blast, and that's why he shot straight up. Ah, yep, that that makes a hundred percent science, Dave. So that's it. That's it for them. Um, we see we're we're back down on the ground, and everybody's unhensioned, and Ichitaru is running after Emmy, like trying to apologize. And she is basically like, no, that was not appropriate. I do not accept your apology. And like, I am going to need some time. Yeah. Like, uh, I am walking away. Yeah. Emmy, Emmy is definitely best kid in this episode. There are other episodes where I have thought that Ichitaro was best kid. This week, not the case. Yeah. My notes just say, thank goodness a woman finally standing up for herself on this show. Like, I'm just remembering back to the entire season of... Um, oh my gosh, Die Ranger, where Rin just puts up with like half a season worth of nonsense from the White Ranger Co. Co. You know, it's like, man, yes, thank you, Emmy. Great job. Yes. Good job. Uh, so then VRV Master shows up. Yes. V- in, in VRV Master is like holding some bottles. He's like, yes. Now, after a, v- after a great battle victory... As well as after a shower, I think he says, like, these A bittersweet treat. Like, a bittersweet treat is the greatest thing. And he hands them out, and there are these bottles, and they say sweet coffee milk. Yeah, it sounds nice, I guess. You know, I dig it. I had iced coffee this morning. It's delicious. Uh, Uh, And then the rangers are also, like, slightly nonplussed by this, but they're like, well, those look nice. And then they have them. And that's the end of the episode. Right, like the master sort of like just wanders off after handing them the coffee milk. And then they all, as they drink them, they strike a pose, which I can only assume is a joke like about commercials for that brand of coffee milk. It would be it's as the, the Dave, only thing that makes sense. It would sense. be as though if it was a commercial for Folger's coffee, like they all struck up a song and started pretending to be Rockapella. That is precisely what I... That's the only thing that makes sense, and it's the only thing I now will accept, Matt. Yes. And but th- that is the end of the episode. Yes. Man, I did not think I was going to be able to end that with a callback to the beginning of the five stars, but uh, very exciting. But you made it happen. And actually, it's close to the end of our episode. We still don't have a new monster for the creature right That's now. true, because although Breaking was defeated, he was not destroyed. Yeah, and that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here... I would like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. Dave, if people want to get a hold of you um, for your um, role-playing game playtest, how do they do that? It is just uh, gosentaiheroes at gmail.com. And if you get a hold of me, I will get you out the rules and put you on the mailing list. Uh, We're on version 4. Uh, just a lot of like tweaks and clarifications and edits, and I'm really excited about where the project's going. Right on. Uh, if you like the show, everyone, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get the show. Uh, that would be very cool of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.